On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I discuss the 76ers taking game one, stunning Boston with a final score of 119-115. No Joel Embiid, but a ton of James Harden in the opening game. We'll get into it next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-hosts and partners, always from the Enquirer.com. Sixers beat writer live from Boston, site of the 76ers four-point four victory, Keith Pompey. Keith, what's going on, man? How's Boston doing? Man, Boston is doing well. How you been, bro? I'm- uh, Philadelphia is thrilled right now, uh, back here at home after that victory. We'll dive into it all next in just a second. We thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, a final score of 119-115. We'll get into it all, breaking it down from James Harden's heroic performance. The same from Paul Reed, big numbers. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, DeAnthony Melton. We'll dive into it all here. We got to get into the coaching matchup. That's something that you and I discussed before the series got underway. And I think that showed itself there in the game, in this first game against the Sixers and the Celtics. And of course, Joel Embiid not playing in this one, the latest from Boston. Keith, a four-point stunner as the 76ers were able to get past game one and steal uh, one in in Boston. The Boston Celtics shot 85% in the first quarter in the second quarter they shot 60 58 percent and overall for the entire first half they shot 71.8 percent so we might as well round that off to 72 percent from the floor uh but even with that keith 72 percent the points that the celtics were able to put up a layup line without Joel Embiid in the starting lineup the Sixers only trailed by three at the break how about that start from both Boston and the wherewithal, the metal of the Sixers to stay in it? Yeah, that was a little bit encouraging because when you look at it, that they only uh, trailed by three, giving up barrage, you know a team isn't going to continue to shoot that way. And then also, let's face it, the Sixers have been really good at making second-half adjustments um, since the playoffs began. So you're looking at it and you're saying they're going to go on the run. But um, and, and they did. I mean, they came out and they went to a zone defense and and they looked like they were confused. I don't understand the NBA. You got all these great basketball players and they they don't like they like shooting threes. But when it comes down to the zone, it's like uh, they they shy away or they don't get enough. So but um, it was a, a, a great effort. I mean, I'm gonna be honest now, you know me, you know, you were confident. I said they were going to lose. Um, so, I mean, it was a, a great effort by the 76ers, but you're right. Like, they were down by three, and they came out and showed some resiliency in the second half. 
and that's one of the things that Doc Rivers talked about, Keith, in the, the entire week that they had off, uh, the opportunity for uh, to discuss with him a little bit while we were all there. And he talked about this team being tough, the, the toughness that this team has, the togetherness that they have. And even without Joel Embiid, again, going out there where many people did not give them any chance. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about more of the national stuff and, and you know, how I feel uh, mostly just looking at, you know, when it comes to this, we're around it all the time. So we kind of get a sense of what this team really is. It may be tough for us to break down the Oklahoma City Thunder, but when it comes to Sixers, we have a pretty good pulse of what's going on with their team, with the organization and all. And he talked about, again, just the togetherness that this team has, the fact that they believe uh, that they can beat anybody, even when one of their key players, and especially in this case, Joel Embiid is out. And they now are 13-5 and five without him on the floor, including the last two games in the postseason where he has not played. Uh, but with it, Keith, that they stayed within it in that first half. And a big part of that was the first quarter, the opening quarter that James Harden had, Keith, where he finished with 16 points in that first quarter, 7 of 10 from the floor. He played all 12 minutes. He knocked down two threes, two assists, no turnovers. He was tremendous to start and set the tone for the game. Yeah, and I was a little concerned because I felt like he was going to do a little bit too much over dribbling and rely on that step back jumper a little bit too much. He did some attack in the basket, but he was also hitting his shots and they were falling. I mean, but, you know, and, and so that first quarter, he did set the tone with those 16 points. But but I also felt like he did a lot of other things. He was aggressive. He was attacking the basket. That's what he said, right? Yep. That's what he, yes, told he said. We weren't sure what that meant, but I yep. guess it meant this. Yep, and that's what he was. He was attacking the basket. He was finding teammates. He was doing a lot of things. Now, again, when you score 45 points um, and you're the point guard, you're not going to get a lot of assists, right? I mean, he had six, but at the same time, it was kind of like once he started baking, you're looking at him now as a scoring guard as opposed to being the distributor, and as he should have been. But um, that was a phenomenal effort by James. No, no question about it. 45 ties a career high, playoff career high, pardon me, for James Harden. Uh, again, 45 points overall. He had the 16 in the first, 17 for 30 overall, 50% from three, 7 to 14. He played 39 minutes and 21 seconds, only turned the ball over three times, Keith. He's the only one that had more than one turnover in the game, but eight turnovers as a team overall only leading to 13 points, and they were able to get the Celtics to turn the ball over 16 times the other way for 20 points for the 76ers off of their mistakes. And again, with him not assisting, but when he had it going, and this was something uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it on, on here, on this platform, but as you tell people, I do the pregame show uh, on, on the radio side before things get started. And one of the things I talked to um, with my co-host on Monday, Bob Cooney, uh, Keith, um, okay. I, said, I said to Bob, I said, the one thing that I want to see from James Harden was not settling to your point of the aggressive, aggressiveness with the scoring from the three point line. If he has the opportunity, this is if Joel Embiid doesn't play, if he has the opportunity to create some space in that mid range, take that mid range jump shot, take that shot that, you know, you can create that space. Also get it going early. The first basket for the Sixers pull-up jump shot, pardon me, step-back jump shot to create the space, mid-range. And he kept that going. He only made the two threes in that first quarter, 
a lot of those Keith were those mid-range jumper from the elbow somewhere, you know, just a little bit right there in that mid-range area uh, inside the circle where they were makeable shots. And he started to get a rhythm. So once you start seeing the ball go through the net, you feel good about what you're doing. Those shots were important. And it also, as we've talked about before, this goes all the way back to last season when they acquired him. Hit those types of shots, including your layups. Then you can step back to the three-point line. They're defending you differently, worrying about your driving ability, trying to take away, even though they're two points, you were matching two points for two points early on. It wasn't a lot of threes. So it was okay uh, for that to take place. He was phenomenal in the game. Yeah, he was. He was. He, he played He played a heck of a game. He did. He really did. He played a heck of a game. Can you tell us what it was like in the building? You know, it was cool. It wasn't like as loud as it normally got or as loud as I thought it would be. Um, I mean, it was times when it was, but it, you know, it was, you know, I, you know, at, at first before the game started, it was hype, but then it was like, uh, not, it's not like Wells Fargo. It's not like a couple other places I was at. Um, and then when they start cooking a little bit, they got a little louder, but I mean, it was good, but it wasn't, it, it doesn't compare to the Wells Fargo. And it you, I used to think it did, but today I just didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. But um, he hushed them all at the, after that shot, though, and after Paul Reed made that thing. Funny thing is a couple of people talking about, uh, Boston, you owe us, you owe us. Like, they were, like, really upset after the loss. It was crazy. Uh, well, a great win, a great performance from James Harden, uh, the big three-pointer to give them the 117-115 lead. They were down 1-115-114. After the, uh, how about that? The steal from Tyrese Maxey, Malcolm Brogdon throwing it right to him. Uh, North Carolina, Georgetown memories coming back. James Worthy going the other way, right, Keith? Yeah, that was different. Yeah, that was crazy. But, you know, the whole, that was a great play. But the scary part about that, though, if we're going to be real, the scary part about that was right afterwards, then they took the lead right back on the next possession. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't. Uh, and then that's when James had to come. Was that the Marcus Smart? Or, or nah, that was, uh, that was Tatum. Tatum when he was over Tobias. Yeah. Right? He came right – they came right back down. And, like – and I think it was a three. And he drained the three over Tobias. And then all of a sudden, then James had to do what he did. And then um, Paul Reed hit the two foul shots at the end. Let so, me see. I have it right here. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, steal, 114-113. Tatum got fouled. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, he got he fouled. Gave two free throws. Oh, yeah. And that's what gave them the one-point lead. J James Harden came back uh, with eight seconds left on the clock and hit that three-pointer uh, there for the Sixers. So great stuff uh, there from them. Great stuff from the team. James Harden was tremendous with his 45 points. We'll get into some of the other key players because there are a lot of things to discuss. Uh, Maxi, uh, Reed, Melton, Tobias Harris. We'll get into them all later on. We'll talk about the coaching uh, between Doc Rivers and Joe Mazzulla. We'll get into the other key players, some key plays in the game. And that's coming up next right here on Locked On 76ers. But I got to tell you, with a game like that, that just took place there between the 76ers and the Boston Celtics. I know a lot of Sixer fans, especially in the area, maybe for Boston, they might be scrambling trying to get themselves in the building to see if their team can go up 2-0. 
Maybe it's on the Boston side saying, hey, some of the other fans want to give up their tickets. Let's see if we can get in the building. Well, sometimes it's not as easy to do so going into different places and trying to acquire tickets for an event. In this case, I have to tell you again about game time. What are some things, you know, simply about game time? Well, very easy. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be very stressful. It takes away your stress. Game time is fast and easy, uh, an easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and a theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have at that next event. Flash deals, last minute tickets, images of the seat views, Easy way to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And again, low price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection as well. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will certainly credit you 110% of the difference. Flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Make sure you check out the great folks at Game Time. Get images of your seat once again before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Here's what you do to snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Who, who, who doesn't want to take $20 off of the ticket price? Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA. For $20 off, download the game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow on the show. We will talk a little bit more about this series upcoming and how the Sixers need to approach game number two against the Boston Celtics and look to take a 2-0 lead on the road before heading back to Philadelphia. Uh, Keith, uh, one of the key players that we talked about going into the series who needed to be better than his four game average through the four of the three losses that the 76ers had was Tyrese Maxey. Well, yeah. uh, he shot 10 for 24. He scored 26 points. He was two for nine from three. So that was a big part of it. But again, he showed his speed and transition. He was on the move on the catch in the half court set, getting to the basket, finishing over the defenders. And I thought, you know, he played 35 minutes and 49 seconds while he did get in some foul trouble that was a little shaky down the stretch. I thought he, while he, we know him not to be a great defender or a good defender, he's still learning how to defend in this league. I thought he tried and battled defensively and got caught a couple of times in some uh, tough spots for him. He finished with five personal fouls, but he didn't have any turnovers, Keith. Uh, on the night, and he played 35 minutes and 49 seconds, and they needed every bit of those 26 that he delivered. I mean, we talked about it. Like, in order for them to win, he would have to have a phenomenal game, and he did. Um, you know, it, it was one of those things, like, early on, DeAnthony Melton did a lot of the carrying, and Maxie only had, like, what, seven points at the half or something like that. But then he came back with, what, 19 in the second half. So – you know, you look at it and you say to yourself, this was phenomenal. And you know what, what James Harden did, but it was also like a group collective effort too. Like, you know, Maxi enabled um, and made it to a point where, you know, you couldn't like defend Harden a certain way because Maxi was just getting to the rim and doing whatever he wanted. I felt like, you know, the monkey is off his back. I know it's just one playoff game and things could change. 
but I felt as if that this was a kind of sort of like another coming out party for him, you know, playing on national TV, doing all this other stuff and stepping up. And and let's face it, he also had that great steal that we were, um, you know, talking about. So this was a, a quality all-around game for Tyrese Maxey. And on that play, Keith, that you that you talk about there with the pass from Malcolm Brogdon, um, it, they stopped, but it seemed like they were waiting for the shot clock uh, 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 horn to go off and for the whistle to come from the officials. But on the catch, it was before it hit the zeros. So that's why they allowed it to continue, correct? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, yeah, you know how it is. I'm like, yeah, like, it, the, the, yeah, it was it was before the whistle blew. I mean, before the shot clock expired, but it was really, really close. And like some guys left, but but I mean, I mean, some guys stopped running, but you got to keep running. And plus, and they weren't going to catch him anyway because he's exactly. That's what I was getting speed. ready to say. That's what I was getting ready to say about time. Like you know, he nah, they wouldn't. It was like a waste of energy. But all they needed was two guys to run down there and then bounce the ball, and they would have been good. <laughs> because because other than that, it was like a breakaway. Like, yeah, nah, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, he was gone. They weren't going to get to him. You mentioned DeAnthony Melton between the Harden 16 in the first quarter and what he did in the second. DeAnthony Melton came up huge with five points. I mean, five three-pointers in that first half. We talked about needing some help from the bench, how good their bench was for the Boston Celtics all season long. Malcolm Brogdon hurting the Sixers all year. He came off the bench, scored 20 points, and he had his way in the first half. Not so much in the second half. He only had six points. But DeAnthony Melton matched him with his 17. And uh, Robert Williams gave them six off the bench. No one else scored between Hauser and Grant Williams. DeAnthony Melton, huge, huge performance there in that first half with those three-pointers. Big help to keep that game close in the first half. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he he, he did. I mean, that was that was pretty good. And, and, and then, yeah, Melton, like five for five. You know, he took what? He took one shot total in the in the second half, just mm-hmm. one, and and he missed it. So he he stayed at at uh, at uh, twenty. I mean, he stayed at um, seventeen. Seventeen. But here's the thing, like you know, I look at it. and I kept saying to myself, like, man, I'm not looking. I don't like these bench points. You know, I see what um, Melton's doing, but I'm not seeing anything from anyone else. But when you look at it, it's one of those things where they were outscored 26 to 20. So yeah. it's not that bad. When not you at all. It. Not, not at all. And then you say to yourself, you know, George Niang didn't particularly have a quality game. Um, and then, you know, Jaden McDaniels was okay, but he didn't do it. So, but you don't expect George that to continue to struggle like that from shooting the ball. So I think there's a lot of optimism going into the next game. Yeah. And again, Melton, six for 10, five for six from three in 24 minutes and 36 seconds. We already know about his defensive press. He had two key block shots uh, from behind uh, for the defenders trying to get to the basket. One on Brogdon, he and Harden combined in late for a defensive play. And they needed him down the stretch when Tyrese Maxey got into the foul trouble, picked up his fifth foul. Doc started going with that uh, defense offensive substitution there uh, as well. Uh, Tobias Harris. 18 points, five boards, three assists, one block shot, one steal in 41-plus minutes. Hit a big three, Keith, to tie it up at 107, 107, eight for 16, two for five from beyond. We talked about all of three of those guys being the ones that had to come through with the points. They did. He yeah. was he was also big. 
while the numbers didn't jump out like we've seen in the past, those 18 points were huge. And that three to tie it up at 107 was crucial. Yeah, it was. It was. He played a phenomenal game. Yeah. Team overall, plus seven in the three-point makes, plus one in field goal makes. Uh, with them not turning the ball over, they were a plus 14 field goal attempts on the night for the 76ers over the Celtics. So all around good team win, making all four of their free throw. I mean, all 12 of their free throws. Speaking of the four, we'll get to the guy who hit the four big threes down the stretch, free throws down the stretch. And that is Paul Reed. I wasn't sure how he was going to play in an environment like this uh, coming into game one on the road in Boston, especially down the stretch. He settled in and help this team win. We'll get into him next and Joel Embiid's absence and what this means going forward. How do you approach game number two? We'll do that next right here, final segment, Locked On 76ers. Let's talk about prize picks, right? Prize picks, I really like prize picks. And D, here's the thing. You know, with prize picks, what you say is, you say, is James Harden going to give me more than 12.2 assists, right? Luka Donich, is he going to score more than 26.5 points? LeBron James, is he going to score, you know, uh, more than 7.5 rebounds? Kevin Durant, will he do less than 6.5 assists? And Steph Curry, more than 3.5 three-pointers, right? So what you do is you take prize picks. You take two to six players, and if you will go down or more or less, you know, then the prize pick possessions, you could get paid. You know, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you and the projections available. Prize pick offers projections for any sport you watch. That includes M- NBA, NHL, MLB, NHL, PGA Golf, and on and on and on and on, right? So entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Right. Um, so which in, in, in the games are currently operational in 30 states in America. So what you're going to do is well, 30 states in Canada. So what you do is you download the Prospect app and go to prospects.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100 percent instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 dollars, Prospect will give you 100. If you deposit 50, prize pick will give you 50. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. That's Keith Pompey live from Boston. I'm Devon Givens here in Philadelphia. Sixers win game one, 119-115. Joel Embiid did not play in this game, Keith, but his replacement did post a double-double. 10 points, 13 rebounds, uh, four personal fouls, one block shot, one steal, three for four from the floor in 37-plus minutes of play. And most importantly, man, four key free throws down the stretch with the Sixers trail by three, 113, 110. He cut the lead to one after their perform after their defense the other way. And of course, the 76ers having an opportunity to close things out after James Harden makes that three. Uh, he gets the rebound on the other end. They foul him and he goes, steps to the line calmly and drills two more free throws. Plus, uh, he does that because uh, with that loose ball that he uh, was able to corral after the drive by Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum pushed him out of bounds and the refs blew the whistle. 
he calmly walked down the other end and and hit those four free throws with nothing touching the rim, all net on all four of them. Keith, I, I can't stress enough, it's kind of similar to what we saw against the Brooklyn Nets in that final game, the elimination game. He didn't play all that great in the first half, but in the second half, he settled down and he made some key contributions. Yeah, he did. He did. Now, the one concern that I do have about him and, and, and the Sixers is that, you know, he played well and they all played well. But my concern is just one is those points in the paint. They gave up too many oh, points yeah, yeah. in the paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, again, a lot of that, like they had 26 of them in the first quarter. So they ended up having 40 for the rest of the game. Um, but that's just the one thing. But again, he played well. Like he was grabbing boards. He he was real aggressive. He hit those clutch those clutch foul shots. So you know the only thing that I will say is, and and maybe it's because they're undersized, but it just seemed like um, they were they were getting destroyed in the in the turnover battle today. But outside of that. I felt like a lot of guys stepped up and played. No, the turnover battery really were fine. It's, you talk yeah. about the points in the paint. Yeah. I mean, points in the yeah, points in the paint. Um, it, it just they they yeah, they just they to me they were just struggling. I mean, they, it was like sixty six. You know what I mean? Sixty six. It was uh, sixty six to forty two points in the paint, and and you're right. It was a layup line, as I said earlier. They were just getting to the basket, no problem at all. And uh, as they were doing that. I mean, backdoor cuts, that, that's what you're supposed to do. Boston, if you're able to do that and create some easy shots, then do it. They did it, and they got the points off of it, those backdoor cuts. Those guys had to be more disciplined uh, with their assignment, uh, who they were watching, because uh, we saw like three, four backdoor cuts that were just easy layups. And even when they, they were in traffic, there was just no resistance there uh, from the paint. So Paul Reed is not a, a shot blocker. So in that case, with no Joel Embiid in this game, Keith, I wasn't sure what Doc Rivers was going to do as far as some rim protection as it was happening. Was he going to go to Deadman? Was he going to get Montrezl Harrell in there, even though he's not a shot blocker? Maybe he'll get a little more physical with them, uh, but they have to figure out how to make sure that they keep the guys out of paint. And that starts on the perimeter by keeping the man in front of you as best as you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but I, I just don't think they got the bodies for it. I mean, we're going to be real. Like, that's why I said keep them in front of yeah, you. Yeah, until Joel come out. I mean, that's just something they're going to live with, and they're just going to have to to battle with and try to it, do, deal with it. Um, but, yeah, he, he – I mean, but, again, in the second half when they went to that zone, they played a little bit better. It's just that they just got to – yeah, you're right, keep the guy in front of you. But the thing is, a lot of it was cutting to the basket. You know what I mean? It was it was like a lot of cutting to the basket, um, um, a lot. You no, know, it was a lot of, and also like you say, keep the guy in front of you. A lot of times, dudes were like their head was on the swivel, and the dude, yep, that's why I say you got you can't get caught looking. Yeah, can't get caught. Identify where your man is, especially when you're in the zone. When you're in the zone, you got to know your space and understand where those guys are moving because if they make the right pass, it will hurt you uh, on those backdoor cuts, and they did. So they corrected a lot of that in the second half, and it wasn't a problem. Before we go, man, since you did talk about Embiid, and we've talked so much about him here with this time that we've been doing the podcast, what was it like earlier today when you were at Shoot Around? You posted videos of him shooting similar to what we saw on Sunday. Uh, but uh, can you give us what your your day, your timeline was like when it came to I don't to know, that? man. I thought it was a joke, to be honest with you, if we're going to be real. Because I, I feel like 
It, it, like they knew, like later on, everybody said they knew he wasn't playing. And then you looked at it and you're like, okay, he walked out here with some flip-flops on. He's taking sh- shots in front of everybody. And, you know, it got to a point where I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, he ain't playing. I mean, because it, he just didn't have that look like he normally has, right? Um, and then it was – but, but I mean, it was a real good gamesmanship. But it was kind of like when he was shooting the ball, if you notice, there was no lift. There was nothing. There was no lateral movement. And the, and, the, and the key thing is I feel like once he's getting ready to play, we'll see him out there with a knee brace on because that means he's going to be trying to move from left to left. He was doing a lot of stand still. But what it was like was it was a lot of speculations, a lot of people saying, Look, he's going to play. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? There was reports coming out. There was all types of stuff. And it was like, to me, some of these reports that were coming out were people had stuff wrong and then they wanted to make sure they got it right. Like, but they were like, okay, I had, I broke that. Let me break this. You you know what I mean? So I, I don't know, man. It just seemed like a lot, you know, just a lot. Um, and you know, the thing, if, if I felt like if he would have played, we would have saw him with a knee brace on, you know what I mean? And then we come to find out doc saying he didn't do anything. He ain't, he ain't really move. He was just shooting the ball. So, and that's what it looked like. He was at a spot. He wasn't like dribbling up, going left, this and that. He would just get the ball and shoot, you know? So I don't know, but but it was it was a circus, man. Be be honest with you, a lot. That's all everybody wanted to talk about. Well, it's going to continue to be that way, most likely, until he actually uh, steps on the floor for a little bit more. To your point, and uh, they, we hear the announcement that he is in fact going to play. As a matter of fact, we'll talk a little bit more about that on tomorrow's episode as we uh, maybe get a little more clarity on some things. Maybe not. But of course, that's going to be the biggest story outside of the fact that the 76ers steal game one on the road against the Boston Celtics in game one of the second round semifinal Eastern Conference matchup. Uh, We thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. You know what? Since we didn't get a chance to get into it a little bit more, tomorrow we will talk about Doc Rivers versus Joe Mazzulla and what we saw in this game as to how the 76ers head coach outcoached the younger guy in the second half to pick up the victory for the Philadelphia 76ers. Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us until then? Yeah, wherever you get your podcast at, you can get this podcast. And if you go to our YouTube channel, just click on the Liberty Bell. And then when you do that, you become a new subscriber and you get notifications whenever we post it. You can also listen to my man D on the Divine Giving Show on 97.5 FM from 6 to 10 p.m. You can follow D on Twitter at DivineG975. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers. And you can read my articles in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer.com. Keith, thanks so much, man. Um, listen, fun one. Uh, yeah. It was fun. I wish I was there in that type of atmosphere to see and witness this one. Uh, but something tells me we'll have, well, obviously we'll have a game five if this is not a sweep. And uh, who knows how deep this one might go. But thanks, man, for the time. As always, appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, man. Peace.